section twenty six of the mysteries of london volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the mysteries of london volume three by george w m reynolds chapter twenty six the lady's maid in the meantime mr frank curtis had met the buxom charlotte according to appointment in conduit street the youthful lady's maid who had not numbered quite nineteen years but who concealed a warm temperament and a disposition ripe for wanton mischief beneath a staid and serious demeanour when in the presence of her mistress or of those in whose eyes it was prudent to be looked upon as a very prudent and steady young woman the youthful lady's maid we say walked quietly along the street and pretended not to notice mr curtis who was leaning against the lamp-post smoking a cigar but the light of the lamp fell upon her pretty countenance and he having immediately recognized her stretched out his hand and caught her by the shawl saying well miss do you mean to pretend you didn't see me lor you there now exclaimed charlotte affecting to be quite surprised at this encounter just as if you thought i shouldn't come cried frank laughing but take my arm my dear and though this very arm has often supported duchesses and marchionesses and even on one occasion the young and beautiful queen of the red-skinned indians yet i don't know that it was ever more agreeably pressed than by your pretty little fingers how fine you do talk said charlotte by no means displeased with the compliment but where are you going oh i'll show you my dear returned frank as he led her along and now tell me has anything happened in respect to you know what yes a great deal answered charlotte but here i am walking with a gentleman whose very name i don't even know isn't it odd very my dear i will however soon satisfy you on that head my name is mr curtis to the world but frank to you and some day or another i hope to be baron dumplington but what was it that you had to tell me something about miss mordaunt replied the girl who firmly believed the dumplington story and entertained a proportionate amount of respect towards the young gentleman who was heir to so honourable and distinguished a title come out with it my dear exclaimed frank business first and love afterwards as my dear lamented friend the prince of cochin china used to say when we were intimate together in paris before he hung himself for love in his garters did he though cried the lady's maid how shocking shocking enough my dear but pray tell me what you have to say about miss mordaunt why sir resumed charlotte this evening when i was dressing her for dinner she began to sound me about how i liked my place in lady hatfield's service and whether i should be glad to better myself 
so keeping in mind what you had told me to do i seemed to fall in to all she asked me and gave her to understand that i shouldn't object to better myself then she began to simper and smile and at last let out plump that she was going to run away with a gentleman but she didn't say who to-morrow night that gentleman my dear is an uncle of mine said curtis i'll be bound then it's the same sir christopher blunt the very same my dear but go on you speak almost as well as i did when i was in parliament or as my uncle the earl of dumplington do i though well continued charlotte and so miss mordaunt told me how she couldn't think of travelling alone with the gentleman and that she must have a lady's maid and you agreed to go with her cried frank i did answered charlotte and we settled and arranged everything quite comfortable did she tell you where she is to meet my uncle to-morrow night inquired frank no but she told me to mind and be ready to leave in the evening at about seven o'clock returned charlotte well fortunately i do know where they are to meet and that's close by the turnpike at islington green said frank she's to go up in a hackney coach and be there punctual at eight o'clock and the old chap is to have the post-chaise and four in readiness doesn't he already fancy himself tearing along the great north road as if the devil was after him and so nice too did he arrange his plans with his julia that there's to be a supper prepared for them at st albans and off again egad he's settled it pleasant enough but i'll be even with him what do you intend to do asked charlotte curtis did not immediately reply but after a few moments consideration he abruptly exclaimed can you trust any female friend of yours in this business well i don't know unless it is my own sister alice which is a very nice girl and will do anything i tell her was the reply the very thing ejaculated frank is she out at service no she's at home with mother answered charlotte and will she just consent to take a short ride in a post-chaise and four along with you if i give her a five-pound note demanded frank to be sure she will returned charlotte who with the quickness of female perception began to comprehend mr curtis's design then i'll tell you how we must contrive it said frank it's of the greatest consequence to me my dear to prevent this marriage and if i can only expose my stupid old uncle i shall fairly laugh him out of it now don't you think you could manage to pass yourself off as his julia and get your sister to play the part of yourself as far as st albans and i would be there with three or four friends of mine all jolly dogs ready to receive sir christopher and you girls 
you might cover your face well with a thick veil and as he will be sure to hurry you into the post-chaise the moment you get down from the hackney-coach just beyond the turnpike on the green you needn't speak a word then you can pretend to be so overcome with fear and anxiety oh leave all that to me exclaimed charlotte who relished the joke amazingly but what shall i do about my place at lady hatfield's deuce take your place my dear cried frank i'll secure beautiful lodgings for you in some nice quiet retired street at the west end and you shall be as happy as the day's long we'll have such fun together and i'll take you to plays and all kinds of amusements lord bless you i think no more of a cool thousand or two than i should of blowing out a chap's brains if he was to insult you oh dear me don't talk so horrid exclaimed charlotte laughing and you really will do all you say if i help you in this business yes and much more returned frank and now the only thing to manage is to prevent miss mordaunt keeping the appointment by herself oh i have it he exclaimed after a minute's reflection i can imitate my uncle's handwriting to a t he writes just as if he had a skewer instead of a pen and so do i for that matter so i'll just tip miss julia a note to-morrow afternoon about four as if it came from sir christopher and i'll tell her in it that the elopement must be postponed until the next night egad this is a stroke of policy that beats hollow anything my cousin the duke of dumplington ever did i thought he was your uncle sir remarked charlotte i meant my uncle love replied frank but it's all the same the marquis of dumplington is my relation and that's enough and now my sweet creature that we have settled all this business suppose we adjourn to a nice quiet place that i know but i must see my sister to-night and tell her all that there is to be done interrupted charlotte the fact is that the pretty lady's maid had kept the appointment given her by frank curtis with the full intention of abandoning her person to him for she was alike wanton in her passions and mercenary in her disposition and the five guineas which he had given her in the morning had stimulated her with the desire of making farther inroads upon his purse nay she had even hoped that he would fulfil the sort of promise he had given her at their previous interview and in plain terms establish her as his mistress in a comfortable manner but the intrigue just concocted for the purpose of defeating the matrimonial design of miss mordaunt and sir christopher blunt had engendered new ideas in the breast of the lady's maid and she resolved that her intimacy with mr curtis should progress no farther for the present the young man who at this moment cared much more for the success of his scheme against his uncle than for the attractions of miss charlotte styles willingly allowed her to repair at once to the abode of her mother for the purpose of tutoring alice how to play the part which that younger sister was to enact in the great drama planned by mr curtis 
charlotte accordingly separated from frank with a promise to write to him if anything should go wrong but with an understanding on the other hand that her silence was to be construed by him into a proof that all was progressing favourably to his views End of section twenty six